This is Ron Thurston, and we're in Dallas, Texas today with Patrick Carrion from MCM Worldwide. Welcome to Retail in America. This podcast is part of the Retail in America tour and an Airstream trailer, my year-long journey to discover incredible retail heroes all across the country, celebrating our retail culture, community, and careers. Go to retailpride.com or on Instagram at retailpride to see everything that's been happening, including past episodes of this podcast and the future cities on the tour. And just added, there are Spotify playlists that I've developed based on the retail vibe of the cities that we've visited. Check them out on the website next to the podcast and the videos. They're all a lot of fun. And today we are in Dallas, Texas, coming to you live from the Airstream in a campground called The Vineyards on a beautiful lake, ready to have this conversation with Patrick. But before we get started, I want to thank the three important title sponsors for the Retail in America tour and this podcast. Spotify Advertising. Spotify has grown to over 420 million monthly unique registered users around the globe, over half of which are supported on the ad platform. Spotify advertising will help you reach and target your audience across devices, locations, and formats. Ubic, over 300 companies in 80 countries trust Ubic to drive their retail performance at scale, get real-time visibility into multi-location business execution, digitized task management, and consistent digital mobile learning for their teams. And KWI. KWI is the industry's only true turnkey omni-channel platform for specialty retailers. With over 35 years of experience, let KWI help you execute flawlessly with the features that matter most, including endless aisle, clienteling, mobile checkout, inventory management, e-commerce, and more. The links to learn more about all three of these great brands will be in the show notes and at retailpride.com. So let's get started with the show. I want to share a few things about Patrick, but I'm most excited for him to share his story today. He is originally from Texas, proudly from Robstown, a small town close to Corpus Christi. He went to Baylor University in Waco for a bachelor's in marketing and a minor in fashion merchandising, and subsequently he got his master's in business administration from Texas A&M Kingsville, and today is also a certified coach. Patrick's been in retail for over 20 years, including 13 years at Gap across all three brands from the field to corporate roles that we're going to hear about today. And then he spent four years at Louis Vuitton as a training manager for the central region of the U.S. And most recently, after four years with MCM Worldwide, where he started as a training manager for the Americas, he is now the global director of learning and development for the brand. His favorite quote is from Oprah, which is, there's no such thing as luck. Luck is a matter of preparation meeting opportunity. And with that, welcome to Retail in America, Patrick. Well, thank you, Ron. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. So we are here in Dallas, sitting on a lake up in Grapevine on a beautiful morning, and you seemed quite inspired by the beauty of nature. Absolutely. I think there's something magical of just being present with nature. And I hope you're enjoying this Texas heat. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little warm, but we're going to get through it for sure. Thank you. So you have been in Texas most of your life, grew up in Texas, went to college in Texas. You seem very well suited to tell us about the retail culture of Dallas specifically. So what would you like to share? 
You know, I would say, and you probably experienced this, that there is something to Southern hospitality. There is a spirit of y'all. <laughs> you all is something we say a lot, uh, especially in the South, but I would say Texas. And I hope that when you go to our stores, you feel warmth, you feel humans wanting to make a connection, and they're genuinely glad you're there. And you'll see it in the retail spaces. You'll see it throughout the city. We have a beautiful city, so much opportunity from retail to corporate. You know, Neiman Marcus Corporate is here, JCPenney. There's call centers here, a workshop south of Fort Worth for Vuitton. There is an abundance of opportunities in Dallas, Fort Worth. And where does that hospitality come from? Where's the root of that joy that comes from the South? Because I have certainly experienced it in my travels the last several weeks. You know, I wish I could narrow it down to one thing. I am sure it's something special for everyone. Mm. For me, there's a level of pride being from such an incredible state, having so much diversity. I mean, especially after 2020, we have so many people that are moving to Texas because of the abundance and diversity we offer. Mm. So I think that's a big part of what gives that level of welcome, that warmth, and that spirit of y'all. <laughs> Never heard that before. I love it. So you have had an incredible retail career. You had one of the journeys that I have heard through my just personal experience moving from field into training roles. And often in training, visual merchandising, these are a career paths that are very aspirational for many. So I would love for you to share your story about um, kind of your, your years at Gap Bank. I remember when you first shared your story with me going from in the three brands at Gap Inc. into Luxury of Vuitton. It's a very interesting story. So if you can take us back a little bit and, and how you made that transition. Absolutely. It, it has been over 20 years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it started in Waco, Texas. I was in college and I had to work. And I was very fortunate to be seasonal at Old Navy. <laughs> and then I fell in love with retail. And I became part-time and full-time. And my first leader, Steve Orocha, we're still friends to this day, taught me how wonderful retail could be. He was a store manager that was human and kind, also held his team accountable and showed me what good looked like. And I was inspired by some of the videos from Old Navy that had Jenny Ming and Paul Presser, leaders of the brand. And I saw them on my lunch breaks. <laughs> and I thought and I hoped... Maybe I could do that one day. Maybe I could inspire others and speak about a vision that they bought into and they felt a part of. So I was with Old Navy for years until I graduated with my bachelor's, moved to Dallas. So I wasn't from Dallas. I moved here in about 2003 and I was with Banana Republic in different leadership roles. And I was at the Dallas Galleria. We had a corporate visit. I was so excited. And I remember asking some of the merchants that were visiting, how did you get to where you were? Tell me about your journey. And they told me about this retail management program that Gap Inc. still offers to this day. Mm -hmm. They take you know, recent college graduates from around the US and they interview them from thousands all the way down to eventually having the final round of interviews, like 13 people. So I went to this program um, that it was 13 of us. Mm. And it was in San Francisco. So I left Texas. I left for this wonderful opportunity to learn and grow because this program allowed me to be a financial planner for a few months. So I learned open to buy. I learned how to 
um, plan for the business we desired to grow. I was in production. So I learned how to work with overseas vendors and communicate and effectively maximize our gross margin and minimize the cost, but still maintain the brand integrity on the product. Mm. And then I was in merchandising, learning how to work with the design team, honoring the collection, but also really trying to make sure the assortment matched our sales expectations. And then when I was done with the program, I decided to go into visual merchandising because I loved visuals. I, I did that for so much of my lifetime in the field. And it was a blessing. I got to set up in a studio what the store should look like, tell a story, put it into a booklet. That's where my love for computers really started, by the way. Um, I became, from then on, uh, someone obsessed with Macs and really mastering your eye and working on copy. That's where it really started. But doing that for almost four years in San Francisco, um, there was something more I wanted. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that when I was in the field, there was something special there. And I felt like I made more of an impact. And so I went back to the field. I came back to Texas. I was in Houston and I was with Gap. And actually I went back to Old Navy because that was more aligned. Uh, there's something special about Old Navy. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It has this spirit that yeah. really aligned to me. And so I was a store manager, and I decided to go back to school again and get my master's. It was 10 years later, so it's never too late, is what I always say. So how say. old are you at this point? Oh, um, we don't talk about age, Ron. I was uh, <laughs> timeless. <laughs> You're right. It's too early in the morning for that. <laughs> I believe I was in my early 30s. Okay. So this is a magical time, though, because um, Old Navy had this Leadership Academy program, and I was able to go to it as an Arizona and that's when I met my next incredible mentor and friend, Julie Bullris. Mm. She was the director of learning and development at the time. And she taught me about the universe, speaking what you desire, manifesting. And I was so inspired and I wanted to be my own version of Julie mm. to others. I was very fortunate that I listened and paid attention and I started doing that. And I wanted to be more in the training world. Well, sure enough, there was a training ambassador role that was an option for every market within Old Navy. So I was a store manager and a training ambassador for a market of 20. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then for that Leadership Academy, I was able to be a facilitator as well, which was just incredible because I got to master my skills of facilitation. Mm -hmm. And then as time progressed, I started really trying to claim what I desired speak to the universe and manifest it. And I, after graduating with my master's, reached out to leaders from my past life at Banana Republic. And they were at Vuitton. And they shared with me different opportunities and how wonderful it was and how the transition is possible, right? Mm -hmm. That transition to a luxury environment from a Gap Inc. Yeah. It's possible if you show up right for it and you prepare and you're open. Mm -hmm. And I was very fortunate that as I was interviewing for different roles with Vuitton, I was assessed to be a trainer and I became that. And I moved to Atlanta. I moved quite a bit. I'm very oh. nomadic, apparently. <laughs> it was for the opportunity I left and it was an incredible experience in Atlanta. Yeah. So I was at Vuitton um, for about almost four years. I eventually moved back to Dallas because our central region office is in Dallas. So it was perfect. I love Dallas. I was back home, right? 
And I was with the brand for an incredible amount of time, met so many wonderful humans and leaders. Jennifer O'Donnell, great example of, of someone that taught me about also manifesting and being focused on your intention and making sure that your attention aligns to what you do because it impacts what you think, what you feel, and what you do. Mm. And what I learned over time was my passion for as well content creation. I love that because that was something that you have the power to create materials that hopefully positively impacts others and what they do and how they show up for our clients. Mm -hmm. I was able to do that at Vuitton, but I wanted more. I wanted more of that. And so I was very fortunate that one of the leaders I trained at Vuitton went to MCM Worldwide and he introduced me to my leader, Greg Stewart, and Greg and I have been on this adventure for almost four years mm. of really helping build foundation and creating materials, tools for the brand. And it's been a complete honor. Wow. Patrick, I want to give you a moment to just talk about MCM Worldwide, why you chose this brand, what's happening at MCM Worldwide today. You know, I will tell you, when I joined, I knew little about it. And what I'm proud to tell you is, you know, the, the brand is, is we're still relatively new. Born in 1976, we're a German-born brand founded on the spirit of travel. MCM stands for Modern Creations Munich. There's that German part, uh -huh. Munich. Yep, yep. But I love the modern creation part because that's what we do. We create pieces for the modern traveler. We create these incredible leather goods, ready to wear, the full lifestyle that is not just for the traveler going far away, but just the everyday. And I must say that what I love is we have that entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I shared earlier, we're, we're quite new still. Yes. And I love that because we get to try and find new and different ways always. And I think that's important for a brand to always look to evolve and be mm -hmm. better than they were yesterday. Mm -hmm. When you think about the role that training plays in retail and retail careers, your kind of breadth of knowledge from stores to planning and buying and visual merchandising and training, you have a very incredible skill set, which then translates into your ability to train and inspire others. So how does that feeling manifest itself when you're training others that are joining the industry? Sure. Well, thank you. Um, I would say that I try to bring a holistic mindset, meaning everybody, every role matters from what we do in the field to every corporate role, all together, we create this magical experience for the clients. And so to honor them is really important to me. To your point, to be able to speak about the roles. So if someone's interested to speak more about what does that look like, or maybe what did it, because everything changes. Mm -hmm. And it allowed me in my role to understand how to better communicate because I'm able to understand what does a different business partner need and how can I translate that into something from a training perspective to add value to our teams, mm -hmm. to add value to how we need and want and hope for them to show up for our clients. Mm -hmm. What advice do you give others that are maybe in that entry price point, you know, Old Navy or contemporary brands that dream of luxury? Is there anything that you say to them? I would say that, you know, your pillars, I love. Okay, let's let's start there. <laughs> Thank you. And curiosity, I align with. And I think always being curious and an eternal learner, that'll take you wherever you desire to go. It doesn't matter the brand. It doesn't matter the industry. You can go wherever you desire. To answer your question, I would say that, one, work on your skills. 
because skills are transferable beyond like retail, wherever you go in life. So for example, luxury language, how do you speak to others? How do you speak to yourself? Because that will help you speak to your clients in an effective, luxurious manner. How do you present yourself, your gestures? What does that look like? Because how you present product creates value. Those are just easy, tangible examples, but it's so true that everything we do, if we find skills that we can refine to transfer it, that helps beyond that curiosity. Mm -hmm. Because what helped me most when I went to Vuitton was I let go of what I thought I knew. I let go of that statement of, well, in my previous company, right? We have to let go of that when we go to new companies and new roles. We have to be empty and open to learn. So everyone was my teacher at Vuitton from the store manager of the trainers to the client advisors. I learned and took copious notes from everyone of what to say, how to say it, and how to show up as my best self. Mm, wow. And what are you curious about today? Okay. So, <laughs> you know, everyone has their own perception of Web 3.0 and what that's going to do to the industry or what it even is. Yeah. That's what I'm most excited about. Mm. You know, we have Web 1.0 that's about the Internet of Information, and that was a wonderful time in the late 90s to 2000s. Web 2.0 is about what social media and this current experience that we're having of two-way communication online, but 3.0 is going to be this Internet of value. And how do we do much more effective frictionless cross-border payments? How do we find ways to bring value beyond product but in digital ways to NFTs? We've seen the craze of NFTs, mm -hmm. but it's more than art. It's more than music. It's, it's, it's real estate. That's a whole market that's going to evolve. Mm -hmm. One day, our medical records will be an NFT. It is just this great space that's going to impact retail so much to have seamless experiences for our clients. A one omni brick and mortar experience truly transformed metaverses. And to see how we're going to adapt to that, it's going to be really interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. It's going to really be interesting to see what brands do and how they evolve to offer a whole nother virtual digital an in-person experience mm -hmm. than we ever could have imagined. Mm -hmm. And you lead a global training team. So you see the evolution of this web 3.0 all over the world at different scale. So how does that impact this curiosity? You know, you're right. I'm so blessed to be able to speak to our trainers in Korea, China, Europe, and understand, you know, number one, how is their client? How does their client show up? And how do we make sure we're always showing up for that? And number two, how are their worlds evolving because that influences our world. What I will tell you that I've learned is there are places, and, and you can see this as well in different articles, South Korea is really wanting to be this space and place of digital innovation and Web 3.0. So they are really going to be a part of the world to watch and see how they adapt, because I think it'll influence everyone. Mm. You know, but for me personally, where I find as well, a lot of my information is I, I go to Twitter, I go to YouTube. I think everything is at our fingertips if we're curious. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly following and listening to different influencers in that space. I'm passionately following different companies from the U.S., that are going to move this space from Ripple to Stellar Foundation. We have in the U.S. incredible companies in the fintech space that are really trying to innovate us and move us. And that Ripple effect mm -hmm. <laughs> has the power to impact our overall retail landscape and the client experience and make it even more effortless and greener. Mm -hmm. Because that is also, as we know, what is important. 
when we think about the different agendas we're hearing about 2030 from the World Economic Forum and how we must be greener and carbon conscious, we have so many great companies that are trying to bring that to us, and they will in that digital space. Mm -hmm. And how do you balance then your love of human connection? You're a life coach. You are so incredibly passionate about human engagement, yet you have your head in in web 3.0 and fintech <laughs> i'm just you know it's it's an interesting balance mm-hmm. for you as a trainer as a human how do you teach that how do you engage with the world absolutely you know it's funny i'm sure you might remember we used to talk about work life balance mm-hmm. and that shifted i think we're now in work life integration where whatever you do for work you got to find how do i fit this into my everyday how do i find that integration I think the same thing happens with human and digital of integration. So meaning, I can't tell you how many leaders I've spoken to that want to work on skills for Excel, PowerPoint, those kinds of tools. I share there's so many resources. One, YouTube. Number two, LinkedIn Learning. There's so many possibilities to work on these skills. So, so many of our humans are aware of what's coming. So many of our teams are aware of what's coming. So to find ways to encourage that skills, knowing that it'll only give them value in this future that we're going to, actually this future that's already here, that's important to me. So you have to find a way to connect with that human, identify where do they want to go on their journey or where do they have curiosity and encourage that. It's no longer a space where they must go to college or they must get a degree. No, they can just explore on YouTube. They can explore on Twitter and find more information that guides them along the journey to this new space we're going towards. So that's how I find a way to balance the human, their desires. What do they want to learn? Find ways to connect it with the tools that are available at our fingertips and hopefully link a place that adds a value in where they currently are in their role and allows it to be one day transferable to this greater place we're going. Mm, Wow. Thank you for sharing that. It's so educational and inspiring to think about that. (laughs) Thank you. I I love talking about this. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) You're the the first guest that we've really dug into this world, because I don't think that it's the first conversation happening in retail. They're bigger, maybe, I won't say more important, but there are very complicated challenges that retail has today. This is one layer that we know is coming, but sometimes the challenge right in front of you today is so overwhelming that thinking beyond this of the things you've just been describing is more than some retail leaders can handle. Well, you know, it's interesting, Ron, because you're right. We're going through a time where there's still the talent reassessment, right? Mm -hmm. It was coined the great resignation. Now it's, I would say, the great reassessment. So what are people assessing? They're assessing how does this role, this job, add value to my life? How does this amount to what I'm passionate about and my future? So I think that if we identify where the future's going and what are the skills our teams are saying they want and answer that, that's a magical thing that can help address the talents reassessment that's happening, that can help with the skills they're wanting to learn. It won't save everyone because curiosity happens. People want to experience different roles and that's okay. But in our business, if we can find a way to reignite their passion, show value in what they value. Because once upon a time for me, I was just focused on work, (laughs) right? And that was wonderful. Nowadays, the modern employee, they're going to want to do their nine to five. And as Dolly Parton said recently, the five to nine, she's saying about it. People have a side hustle. People have different things that interest them. So if we find a way to honor that, understand that, 
and try and add value, that is a place that helps us be more successful as a brand, I think, to really understand the working population has changed. So let's identify the change, honor it, move with it, mm. and try and add value to that new change. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I want to pivot the conversation to networking because you, as you describe your career and mentorship, networking and mentorship seem to have played a major role in your life. You've mentioned a few people. Um, you and I met through um, Nicolette Mills. Nicolette Mills, yes. thank you. And you received my book as a gift, which was very generous of her. And just talk to us about networking and the role that's played in your career. Absolutely. I would say the world is different now versus then, right? So in other words, nowadays, we can just go onto LinkedIn and immediately find you and so many other people that inspire us and that can move us. So the power of networking is incredible now if we so desire. But what hasn't changed from back then to now is a human touch yeah. and finding ways to be human and finding ways because we're so busy, right? We have so many things to do and to find time to insert the human touch and to check in, how are you doing, is yeah. a challenge, understandable. With that said, I, I would say, let's try and find the times to remember those that matter to us, that add a value, stay connected, because that will add to that network that you're speaking of. It helped me then, and God willing, it'll help me to this day um, to continue to meet wonderful leaders such as yourself and I'm truly inspired by. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Likewise. I would love to speak about pride. This is also June. It's it pride is. month. Yes. Happy uh, pride. <laughs> happy pride. What are you most proud of? So my mind goes to my parents, meaning growing up, they instilled in me and my brother that we could do whatever we desired. There was no limitation. Shoot for the moon, you'll hit a star, right? They really encouraged and fostered that. And I was so blessed to have that. And so present day, I would say they're proud of both of us. They're proud of both of their children. And to me, what could I be more proud of than knowing that they're happy and they're proud of us? Mm. There's no greater gift. Wow, beautiful. Are there people in your career who you have mentored and developed that you're proud of? You know, what comes to my mind immediately is our training community. I'm very proud of our journey together. From 2020 to now, we have the same incredible training team and we've all motivated each other. It was a challenging time everywhere. So to have empathy mattered, to be positive and encourage everyone around us to stay strong mattered. There's different leaders in my lifetime I've been honored to be a mentor for or to just be a, an ear or a shoulder for. But what comes to my mind most is what we all have encountered the past few years. And I think of their smiles and I think of their passion. And I think how lucky am I to have been a part of any of that to make their life better, mm. to be something for them that inspires them. When you think about the retail industry in general, and we talked about Web 3.0, which sounds like one of the things you would say is the most exciting. What would you say is the biggest opportunity today in our industry? So I love that Don and Doris, you know, are quoted for saying change or fail, right? Yeah. Founders yeah. of Gap Inc. That to me is one of the biggest opportunities mm -hmm. or threats that we might face is if we don't change immediately and have in our planning this new space, that could hurt us. You know, I think about late 90s, early 2000s. At that time, we were talking about, well, what's your online strategy, mm -hmm. right? We had to mm -hmm. have one kind of, but nowadays it's a must. 
So I think brands need to consider, well, what is our NFT strategy or what is our digital strategy? That must be at the forefront. And if it can't be, let's pretend I'm a mom and pop, which is, Mm -hmm. it's happened. And they, they matter so much. They are the blood to so many of our incredible cities and towns throughout the U.S. So it's about, well, how can we really engage the client further? What are the ways that we can further the experience to make this beautiful brick and mortar live forever? Yeah. And what do you hear from your stores as you're traveling, teaching, you're leading this global training team? What is the feedback that's coming from stores today about the customer experience and their perception of brick-and-mortar retail? You know, the one thing that's constant over time is humans, people. We all want to be surprised. We all want a wonderful experience. And that's consistent to this day. We had gone through this unique time in 2020 to now where the consumer even more needs a champion or someone that cares about them. That's what I'm hearing. People want to be cared for. They want to Mm. be felt like they matter. They want to feel like they matter. And they do. So our teams have to be prepared to show up that way. And with that said, we have to show up for our teams and make sure they know they matter. They know the difference they make. Be- because without them, there wouldn't be a brand. Yeah. And that's real pride. When they know that they make a difference, then they can choose pride as a word that they describe their career. Absolutely. Pride in what they do and how they show up and how they do it for our wonderful clients, how they do it for our community. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, about this being an accidental career or not. You have an incredible education, but when did you make that choice to choose retail as your career? So it's interesting because my parents were always supportive. But of course, at that time, you think about it, this is the late 90s, so it was all about be a doctor, be a lawyer, go into business, right? That's what we knew, and I get it. But when I started with Old Navy and I fell in love with retail, I knew And so that's when my minor became fashion merchandising because it excited me. Mm. And being around the leaders I was around, they inspired me to show anything was possible within the retail space. There's so much more than people realize from field to corporate. There's a lot of ways you can use your skills that you can even imagine. Mm -hmm. I remember as a young person also at Gap at the time, they were very interested in me becoming a recruiter. And I do think that they saw something early on, maybe similar to you, where like, this guy's great in stores, but he could add value in other ways. And I remember I went to San Francisco, I did all some of the similar things. And I I didn't choose it at the time, because I loved the field so much. But I think it really speaks to when those opportunities come to you through brands, take the opportunity to at least have a conversation and join those programs, do the work that brands are offering because it can be life-changing. It certainly was for you. I love when I listen to your podcast, I've heard you ask about what would that person tell their younger self? Mm -hmm. And you just nailed it on the head where it's about take a chance, trust the journey, trust the process, everything's going to be all right. (laughs) (laughs) And when opportunities show up, take them. I think in life, we think there'll be another and another and another, and it's not true. Mm Take it, learn, grow, see if this is who you are. If not, great, explore something else. That's okay. Mm -hmm. And in the world of retail, my God, our possibilities are unlimited for what we can do. Yep, agreed. 
And sometimes moving around the country is not an option. You know, and I remember early, and I think it probably has evolved, you know, one of the competencies or requirements is that you were fully relocatable, always on your career pathing. And I remember thinking, I'm not. I'm not fully relocatable because I love the city that I was in. But sometimes those opportunities come up and you run. You relocated. I relocated a couple of times for for Gap. And I think those big moves sometimes pay off in really important ways. And they have a ripple effect into the rest of your life because hopefully you went somewhere to learn more, not just about the company, but about yourself. You find out more on a journey in life about yourself versus anything else, really. Mm. So I'd love to close with talking about the three pillars. So you've mentioned curiosity quite a bit. Yes. I believe you're likely a highly empathetic leader and, and human. You are highly focused to get things done. What would you add to that conversation? Humility. The pillars are perfect, truly, and they're spot on. The thing I've learned over time that I must always have and encourage others to have is humility. I think nowadays, with social media and everything, we perceive the world revolves around us. And that's the narrative it's kind of created. I get it. But we have to find ways to pause, be humble, have gratitude for everything around us. That, yes, the company is lucky to have us, as an example. You might hear that. I'm sure you've heard that. Mm -hmm. But we're also very lucky and blessed to have a job, to be where we are, and just to be alive. So humility and gratitude for all that we do matters. And that goes further in life than most people would even think about. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. You're, you're a very inspiring and um, incredible example of what a career in retail can be. But more importantly, as a human, how you engage with me as a friend, how you engage with the world is inspiring. So thank you. Thank you, Ron. It's been an honor. Great. Thanks. Thank you, Patrick, for being on the show today and to everyone for listening. I know I gained a lot from this conversation. Pay your retail pride forward and subscribe, review, and then share this podcast with everyone you know in retail. And of course, there are a lot of us. Go to retailpride.com and follow me on Instagram at retailpride to see all the details about the Retail in America tour, other events. You can nominate a retail hero for this podcast, host a retail networking event in your city, or just say hello. Keep your retail pride strong, and I will see you on the road.